This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Houston Open. That means storylines, best bets, and one and done. The man currently atop the one and done is with us. It's Mark Immelman. Mark, good to have you. Oh, what's up, guys? Good to be with you. Tuesday afternoon, I was I actually was hitting a few golf shots here just a little while ago. So uh, lovely out here. Lovely fall day in Georgia. Lovely fall day indeed. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, what up? Mark, I saw a little video of the of the action there. It's looking good, silky smooth as always. Um, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, using, family. I'm using that whippy club, Greg. This is a thing. I got to tell you, my goodness gracious, I didn't realize how out of time I was. I noticed uh, there was a little bit of play in the shaft at the top of the swing there. So <laughs> little, uh, that was yeah. the first thing I noticed. But I will say, um, I'm I'm a proponent of that. If if it fits you properly, I play regular flex iron shafts and much uh, softer flex in, in my woods as well. And so it, it's a, uh, it, it can definitely work, but the fitting is the most important thing. Okay. Just because there's questions already from our producer. I'm not using senior flex flex clubs, even though I've got the gray beard of, yeah, this is a training aid, Jacob. This thing is extra whipping. It's designed to teach you good rhythm, tempo, timing. It's 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 a good deal. Lag shot. You don't you don't have to justify anything. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Right, go, wow, wow, That's wow. Kyle Porter, KP. Welcome in, my friend. How are you? I I've got a take. Um, <laughs> right off the top, I hate daylight savings time. Listen, like welcome. To I don't. I don't. It's. Like, let's just leave it out, like leave it on daylight savings. Like, I don't want to get up at 6 a.m. and it'd be light out. I don't yeah, mind. I don't mind is, it being we were, dark. In, we were talking about this the, the other day. This is normal time now, right? So we want right. to go back to what we had. Yes, correct. I agree. Yeah, for sure. But, but like, if, you're in, if you're in agriculture, your take would be different. But for the rest of us who play golf and stuff, yeah, it sucks. I'm with you. Absolutely. <laughs> If you're, that's a good point because farmers are up. They need daylight to do their stuff, you know, while we're still sleeping. Totally. But like, yeah, that's fair. But also like, doesn't that just make them get up earlier? Yeah. They're going to have the same amount of daylight, right? Like, what does it matter what time it is? It's just an hour. Like, I don't understand. It's all all about the schools. You don't want kids on the bus. Everybody's got kids waiting at the bus stop in the dark. (laughs) I'm staying with that's. I think that's fair. Um, but I think that, okay, so do it for like a month because that really only comes into play for like a month, right? Because it would be getting, it would still be getting light at, well, I guess it'd be like well, 730 or something. Arizona does not even adhere to this. They stay on the same well, time time zone at all times. How can uh, we have certain but which, states but which opting one out? Is, I want to opt out. Can my, can my neighborhood <laughs> opt out? 
<laughs> Maybe you, just you personally can opt out. I'm on. I'm on summertime. Summer Central time. I just show up. Well, I already show up late to everything. It would just be a little bit later to everything. <laughs> take, this is an awesome take, uh, gentlemen. Another day, another breaking news story about a golf tour. This time, it is not. It is not a new tour. This is an existing tour, the European tour. Get that out of your vernacular. Not what we're going to call it anymore because it has rebranded to the DP World Tour. Now, Greg is disqualified from this because I know he reads the outlines. What in the world kind of company is DP World? Does anybody want to take any guesses? You don't think I, you don't think I read the outlines? I do not think you read the outlines, no. <laughs> I helped make the outline. I was the first one to put my stuff in the outline. Oh, did oh you you put your picks in for sure. But did you offensive. read did you read did you read the other bullet points? I know Mark doesn't. It, yeah, it's like a logistics <laughs> company or something. Yeah, like I a world that. like a global logistics. Yeah, they're in logistics. I, I knew that and I didn't look at the timeline. There you go. It is a <laughs> Dubai-based logistics company that specializes in cargo logistics, port terminal operations, maritime services, and free trade zones. That sounds busy time for DC. I was gonna say it's a tough year for port terminal operations. Not in Dubai, I don't think. Goodness wow. gracious. 8.5 billion in revenue a couple of years ago. 50,000 employees. 50,000. This is a big company that is going to be uh taking over the namesake of what we used to know as the European tour. And uh, this continues our conversation from, I don't know, the last couple of weeks and months here, Mark, that business is booming in the world of golf because this is going to increase purses. Uh, now each tournament, a minimum purse of $2 million. Uh, it, it's just going to be an influx of more money, more opportunities, and kind of more synergies around the world. Mm, and right back at you, Saudis basically as well, you know, a little shot across the bow from sure. basically the governing bodies, the European Tour and the PGA Tour. But you know, just from a personal point of view, um, with all these co-sanctioned events that the European Tour has had around the globe, they've been to Malaysia, they've been to Hong Kong, they've been down in Australia, they've had co-sanctioned events in Central Africa and South Africa. Um, it's essentially been a global tour. If you play the European Tour, I think less than half of the, the events are in Europe. And I speak under correction over there. So, so I'm glad that they've done this. Uh, I think the infusion of money is going to be awesome. The European tour is a mainstay, and they got hurt pretty badly by by COVID. And for DP to get up, DP that is to get up behind them a little bit more and and galvanize this relationship, and and have some guys like Rory McIlroy and John Rahm come out and show their support for this thing. I, I think it's a big deal. I really do. Yeah, I think that's kind of in, an interesting uh, subplot to all of this here. Greg is uh, the guys that kind of go back and forth. Uh, obviously the purses are still going to be much larger on the PGA tour, but maybe a little bit more incentive to make a swing out of it on the European side, depending on where those tournaments are at, instead of just kind of running back and forth at all times and trying to try to figure it out that way. Well, the, uh, I'm not sure you're going to see a huge change in schedule because ultimately if your goal is to play the PGA tour, you're going to play the PGA tour because, and the purses are still larger, as you mentioned. Um, but when you do have an opportunity to go play in Europe, it's improved significantly. Um, and, and it also the PGA Tour and the European Tour have a strategic alliance. So this is good for both of them. And it's good for the current stakeholders in the game. 
And, and this is the thing that competition does. Whenever there's competition, it, it asks everybody to excel. And Tiger Woods brought more competition to the PGA Tour, and the players had to get better as a result. And this is what we're left with. So we're seeing the the main stakeholders in the game look for ways to improve. And I just I, I can't help but think that's a, a positive sign for for everybody involved. I, I think that's the big thing, KP, the strategic alliance with the, with the PGA Tour. Also, whether the SGL, the PGL, the whatever you want to call it, whether that gets off the ground as of this moment, there is a very strong case to be made that that just the conversations have been good for the game of golf because tours, the PGA tour snapped their fingers, said, here's a pip. Uh, here's what we're going with. We're going to have the strategic alliance with the European tour. We're going to raise the purse of the players championship and all these other tournaments, the European tour following suit with this new sponsorship or the DP world tour. I guess I should get used to saying that this is uh, again, pillar after pillar after pillar of defense. That is only going to be better for the players and seemingly the game. Uh, I don't know that those two things are the same. I think it is better for the players, right? Because there's, there's more money involved. Um, I, I, it's going to be hard not to call it the European tour. I know. And and I, and I love the European tour. I think it's so unique and interesting and it's kind of, you know, one of my friends talks about how like it feels at times like golf has just become a vehicle vehicle for marketing. Right. So you, you've got all these things that are branded and named and all this money flowing in and, and it doesn't it just feels kind of weird sometimes. It doesn't seem like that happens as much in other sports like you, you and it, it does happen, but not like in the same way. Like I don't watch an NFL game and and, and feel like it, 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 there are there are brands, there are relationships like money does flow in, but it doesn't feel as like blatant or in your face and so i don't know that's maybe that's nitpicking because if i'm in charge of the european tour then and somebody doubles the the money i'm probably saying yes to that but it it just like i think broadly speaking it just i don't know like the direction of it is is i think it kind of is stinky a little bit like I, i don't love it but and i think that leads me into the second part which is like should should more money be and, and and maybe I'm reversing course on this, but should more money be flowing in? Should purses be getting bigger? Should contracts be getting bigger in a post Tiger world? Is that sustainable? You know, because I I think that that's clearly the trajectory of all this, and it's like, man, I I don't like to do that. Are you going to have to just turn up the the commercials and the, the 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 branding of the product, which is what I'm talking about, so high that that your product just becomes like unconsumable or unwatchable? You know, I I think that's a I don't know that that's a reality right now. I think that's a real fear for the future. And it is great that players are getting more money because I think they deserve that in a lot of ways, but I don't know about the sustainability of that going into the future. And that that concerns me because I don't want players to make more money at the expense of delivering a, a good product to to fans and, and to people who consume it. Well, ultimately, my take on that, Kyle, is this is a, a chain of events and, and everything is related. So ultimately, uh, a company like DP World wants to get more involved with the European tour because there's a... Uh, there's something to gain there. There's something that benefits their business there. And that is there's, there's much more exposure. 
there's a platform for a platform for them to um, ha handle other business. And but ultimately, there are people that are watching. And so when FedEx wants to be in, more involved with the PGA Tour because there are people that are watching. So those sponsorships have value because of the audience that it brings. And then when you have that audience and the players get more, the, the audience comes from the players. You want to watch a PGA tour event or a European tour event to see the best players in the world compete. So you have the players, you have the sponsor and the, the players attract the, the viewers and the viewers attract the sponsors. And then when the purses are really large and the, the players are taken care of that incentivizes players to want to get there. And now all of a sudden it's really valuable to become a PGA tour player. There's so much financial opportunity and, and gain. And so the competition to become a PGA tour player increases it, it, the value of being a professional golfer is closer. And you could argue at the very top end, it may be higher than being a football player. And so now your best athletes are more attracted to golf. Your athletes are attracted to golf. The competition in golf gets better. The product gets better. And ultimately that attracts sponsors and viewers. And so I, I think there, this is a sign of the health. I, I don't think, and if it goes the other way and the product diminishes, then you'll start to lose viewers and then you'll lose sponsors. And it, but what if you but what if you lose what if you lose viewers not because the product diminishes but because the presentation of the product diminishes because there's not enough money involved to present it well because you're giving it all to the players. So that, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm back, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like if 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 Best Buy went to, I'm just making up brands which I probably shouldn't do on a podcast that has sponsors. <laughs> but if Best Buy went to the PGA tour and said, we'll give you $50 billion a year and you have to run best. I'm, this is, I'm being an idiot here, but I'm making an extreme example, but you have to run best buy commercials for four and a half hours of the, of the, of the broadcast or whatever. And then you can show 30 minutes of golf. What would the PGA tour do? Right. And, and, and so that, that's, that's what, that's kind of what I'm getting at of like, are you, are you over leveraging yourself here as, as a entity to where your, your product is just not consumable by, by normal sports fans? Kyle, uh, I, and I'm using FedEx as an example. And then I want to read a quote. Actually, I'll first read a quote, quote from um, Sultan bin Salyem, who's, fr who's the chairman of DP World. And he said, they've been partners with the European Tour for over a decade. The long-standing partnership provides an excellent platform to engage with customers, prospects, stakeholders, and build the brand. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to increase the commercial load on the television broadcast. Look at FedEx for argument's sake with the Tour. How many FedEx commercials do you see in any regular PGA Tour broadcast? It's minuscule. There are other companies that come on board alongside the thing. And even in uh, Memphis... There's not a whole lot of FedEx commercials you watch. All of the work they do is the warm and fuzzy stuff where they get guests in, they show them around the facilities. It's all that sort of like a, the immeasurables, the, the below the line sort of stuff. It's not the commercial load on TV. Um, and, and as far as my experiences have been in television at the network level, the producer has a say-so in how long the commercial breaks are. 
Now there are certain commercials you have to get in because of long because of relationships like Aon on the tour or whatever the case might be. But they have a saying to say, hold on, this is going to compromise the integrity of our product. Because remember, the broadcasters, they've also got stakeholders that they have to satisfy as well. And if you go to them and say, well, you get to show 30 minutes of golf in a four-hour show, they'll be like, not so much. We've paid for a whole lot more than this for the broadcast rights. So all DP are getting out of this to say at every event, they'll have a, a place where they can bring their people in and show folks and have players show up and have champagne and that sort of deal. That's a lot of this title there's this title sponsorship thing, in my opinion. Do these title title sponsorships ever even pay for themselves? We'll, we'll never know, right? And we'll never we'll never know what deals were made because someone was invited to hospitality and they got to know someone. But like, ha have I ever considered going to FedEx like for my shipping needs ever? No, I've never considered going anywhere for my shipping needs. So I I do wonder how they calculate the value that comes out of these. Yes, the thing, a lot of it is the B2B. It's not the business to right. consumer thing about this. And to your observation, yeah, I'm not necessarily going to go and buy Kleenex because they sponsor an event for your mistakes. But the Kleenex folks coming in there and they get to hang out with Phil Mickelson for 45 minutes and he tells right. a story or two and poses for a picture. That is infinite value. It really does. And, and the other thing is the brand recognition is is a really valuable thing and if you study advertising at all there the number of impressions has a really big effect mark brings up kleenex kleenex is one of the most amazing brands and brand recognition cases i've ever seen that people don't use the word tissue anymore yeah. instead of can i have a tissue it's can i have some kleenex velcro is another one velcro is a product you probably don't even know this it's called hook and loop but Styrofoam. nobody says hook and loop. Hey, I need a little uh, hook and loop. No, you need Velcro. <laughs> and so, but that comes from repeated impression. And so this is, advertising is a scientific thing now. It used to be a, a gamble for companies to advertise, but it's not anymore. They know the recipe. They know exactly how it, it works. And there are people with full-time jobs who study this kind of thing. And so it, it's it's very effective and, and it does have some kind of return. Otherwise, they, they would stop doing it. I think the other thing I would say is you've got you've got an interesting dynamic with if all the like, let's say that I don't know how much money the uh, revenue the PGA Tour generates every year. It's, let's say it's a billion dollars. I, I don't know what the number is. And if the players, if the top 15 players all got together and were like, hey, we want 900 million of that of that billion or if we want 990 million of that billion dollars or we're going to the whatever league is in vogue in, in that month, what, what would the PGA Tour do, right? And, and I think, I think it, it's different in golf than it is in other sports because I think in other sports, you've got this ownership that provides a little bit of a buffer between um, like, like business owners own teams and that provides a buffer between uh, players and the league. And in this, it's like the league is the players. And so you just get, you, they get so close to it that if I'm a player and the, and PJ tour is like, well, we can't do that. We got to, we got to pay, we got to present PJ tour live and like all this different stuff. If I'm a player. I'm like, I don't know, man, figure it out. And I think that, I think that players sometimes don't understand the way that stuff works and, and, and should work into the future, the way a business owner would, the way the owner of, 
the, now I'm not here to like, you know, lionize NBA owners or NFL owners because they've got their own set of problems. But I, I do think that that relationship is is meaningful. And I think it, it it's hard to hold that all in balance. And I don't I don't envy, you know, Jay Monahan's job and or Keith Pelly's job going into uh, taking this into the future. So ultimately, they I'm sorry to keep this going, um, but but basically what happens is the the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan's role, ultimately, you represent the players. Justin Thomas said it uh, just a week ago, you know, yeah, like, I you used to that. be afraid of of talking to these people. But now I, I kind of realize they work for me and they represent me. So <laughs> well, the players, is, that's what I'm saying, basically. Right, right. And they have a but they have a vested interest. And so when they voice these complaints, it, it they're they're in a way partners and to request something that is really astronomical can ultimately hurt you. You have to have a really, really good uh, alternative option. And there's no alternative option that's as proven as the PGA Tour. And when they continue to make strides the way they have and make big steps to help the players, it makes it harder to walk away. And so they are, in a way, Kyle, to your point, at, at risk of that. But the the more they raise purses, the more they raise bonus structures, the more things they do like this, the better they make it for players, the, the happier the players get. And now they're not asking for a trade. They're not asking for things that are astronomical because we have a partnership that works. It works for you and it works for me. And that's ultimately what you want. You want a, a good, solid relationship. And I, I think the players and especially the players agents understand that. But if you last thing, I'm sorry, Rick, You're if fine. you if you raise purses to the point that that money has to come by. And again, I'm I'm being dramatic here, but that has to come from putting a million commercials on or making people pay a thousand dollars to go to the Byron Nelson or whatever. You're being dramatic. Then what like. No, nobody's gonna come. No, like, there's not gonna be that audience there to pay the players. So it starts spiraling the other way. Am I? Am I? Like, does that resonate, Rick, at all? Uh, uh yeah, it does. I, I think we. You're obviously taking it to the extreme, but uh, I, I understand your your point, which is there is a very fine line between uh making a lot of money to improve the game and then needing to complete your other obligations to continue making that money to continue to improve the game and making those um obligations come true might actually degrade from the game or the experience of viewing the game right yeah i mean jt said it <laughs> JT, jt said hey we're, we're starting to be more properly compensated but there's also the opportunity there for a better product and it's like <laughs> those like it's hard to to do that right and i think that that's i think it's done fairly well right now but i I just have concerns about that continuing if it became the best buy tour and the only way you could watch it was to go into a best buy and watch it on the (laughs) wall of tvs that's all they put you could see every player and every hole on one of the tvs on the wall at best buy would you go in and watch I mean, I would have to. It's like your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that ultimately wouldn't be good for Best Buy either. Because they, they would, people they they would lose the their – you're not going to – it's all about your return on the investment, right? And you're, you realize you're, you're going to lose all your return. 
I might buy so, an HDMI cord while I'm in there. Who knows? You know what? Happen. You know what the best thing in sports is when, and they do it in soccer a ton. When somebody uh, sponsors like a half or a game, they did this. Uh, Rolex yeah. does this at the, at the U.S. Women's Open. I think they do it at like the maybe the, the Walker Cup or the USAM, and you get just commercial free coverage. I love your brand for that. I don't care what your brand is. I am I am more compelled towards your brand because of that. And maybe that's not true of everyone, but that's that's awesome. Like more of that. That would be sweet. Yeah. It, it, hold on, but I must say this. But that gets back to the object behind the objective behind what they do this for. It's to create brand awareness, is to create business to business opportunities and all that sort of stuff. And whether you go, okay, we commercial free for an hour and it's brought to you by IBM or whatever the case might be, people are thinking IBM. So now I become like the Corn Ferry Tour. I guarantee you, no one really knows who Corn Ferry is, but they've heard about Corn Ferry now. So there's that name recognition. So if they offered options now and they're like, oh, Corn Ferry, there we are. I'll at least look at the option. That's all the people want, and it's to, to Greg's thing. It's the return on investment, and I do not see the television product being littered with more commercial breaks. I just don't. They're, they're more likely to go the route you just mentioned, Kyle, because yeah. they realize that they want to be a partner in a product. Not They don't want to be the problem in a product, and, and that's you hope that the tour, and I think they've shown that, uh, and the other entities in golf are looking for partners who are supportive of the product rather than, I, I guess it, it, it would be greedy, right? To, to go the way that you suggest would be, would be a greedy move. And I don't think I've never, I've never known corporations to be greedy, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's the other thing. And we could, I, I, we could do nine more hours on this, but, but in other sports that don't have breaks. So soccer is a really good example because you get 45 minutes of commercial free action. They go to halftime, they come back and they do 45 more minutes. And the way that they pay for that, the most global sport in the world, it gets paid for the way that they do that is via sponsorships on apparel, right? These guys, the teams have these huge sponsorships across the chest. Well, we have that in golf. We have guys wearing sponsorships all over the place and we still don't get the commercial free thing because these guys are negotiating all their own deals if there was a union or the league was saying um these 60 guys are all going to wear whatever flex seal on their shirt and that money is going to go towards commercial free now guys are getting sponsorship deals that are negotiated for them in bulk and the the user or the uh the 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 viewers are getting a different type of experience there's cer there's certainly more uh there's more paths like for the money in golf than there is and like the, there's yeah. less you there's less unification and i think that i think it can create problems um but i think there's also an opportunity to create a a a better and like elite product like it there really like there really is and i hope that that I, I hope that that is the route that all of this goes, but I, I just, I don't know. We'll see. To put a bow on this, uh, Corn Ferry, for those wondering at home, a Los Angeles-based management consulting firm. Uh, so I've learned that today. Uh, I've also learned today, Greg, you, a little birdie told me that you showed up on your doorstep and there were a couple of very heavy uh, <laughs> packages there uh, that raised some eyebrows. Would you like to explain, please? Uh, yes, it was, um, just a few short, short days ago. And I, I come home to my doorstep and there are these two boxes from a company called butcher's box. 
And inside the boxes was varieties of different cuts of steak and chicken and pork. Uh, and, and it was an enormous quantity. And the quantity is nice. But ultimately, I made the decision to clear out my freezer. Which <laughs> I had to do. I had to clear out my freezer and replace it with the product of butcher's box. And what my wife and I found out was not only was it an immense amount of quantity, um, the quality was even higher and it was extremely good. So, um, we, we loved the, we loved the, every single cut of meat we've tried so far from butcher box. Would you say that each one of those boxes was eight to 14 pounds of meat at the very least? Would you say that that was packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience? Yes, I almost got freezer burn on my hand. <laughs> would you say <laughs> would you say that it saved you time on your next grocery trip? What grocery trip? Ah, what grocery wow. trip? That's right. And now that now that Greg is involved in Butcher Box, he's going to be able to customize the box that comes to him. So what he got an assortment of everything. Maybe he's got some favorites. Maybe he's got some things he wants to try. Butcher Box is a great opportunity to do that, of course. Saving you time from growing to the grocery store, 100% grass-fed uh, grass beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. Of course, free shipping in the continental U.S. That is what got me over the edge. And you can skip the lines for your Thanksgiving turkey this holiday. ButcherBox is proud to give new members a free turkey. You heard me correct. A free turkey. Just go to butcherbox.com slash the first cut to sign up. That's butcherbox.com slash the first cut to receive a free turkey in your first box. So that first box, KP, might be, I don't know, might be even heavier. A turkey's pretty significant. Is it? It's, yeah, it is. I mean, we 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 got this thing like a couple weeks ago, and and I didn't know. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I'm like, Greg, we had to clear some we had to give away popsicles and you know, clear out the frozen fruit. We've been making chili. We're having chicken tacos tonight. It's been phenomenal. I did the same thing. I gave away a lot. I went to some of my neighbors and gave away yeah. some of the stuff. And it was, I mean, not only did I get a whole box of great meat but i made some new friends of my neighbors in the process which wow. may be more valuable i just wow. gotta say kp you talk about the tacos tonight the ground beef is sensational we have used that stuff often very good. more of it tonight mm, butcherbox.com slash the first cut gentlemen we're in houston this week uh and th this is th the name of this event i'm gonna get this right here eventually but uh the big news <laughs> this is what i'm talking about <laughs> the hewlett hewlett packard enterprise houston open which you okay so this used to be what was it before vivid shell okay right because they back. went from gas power to solar power which was a very gr green move and now they're in the into technology hewlett packard enterprise houston open that we're gonna have a new one every single year out of houston um but mark the big storyline here out of tuesday our defending champion he's gone carlos ortiz has withdrawn along with emiliano grillo ortiz uh citing continued discomfort in that shoulder from a couple of weeks ago and he's gonna just uh sit out the rest of the year and get right into 2022 but he will not be defending his crown this week i only have one observation there rick my timing of my one and done pick was impeccable 
All roads lead back to the one and done, yeah, don't do. they? <laughs> they absolutely do. <laughs> no, it's unfortunate. You know, you hate to have a defending champion not defend his title, especially if it's the first one. But obviously there's there's discomfort enough that they've decided, okay, that's enough for the season. We've got to use this extended break now to rest, rehab. I, I'm I'm hoping there's no procedures involved because any of those joints, when it comes to golf, it's a very big deal. You know, shoulders, knees, wrists elbows, that sort of stuff. So I wish him all of the best. And, and it sucks to not defend your title, especially given that he played well last week. KP, quick trivia. Can you name the last golfer to successfully defend his title? Sorry, what was that? Last golfer to successfully defend his title. Uh, Victor Hovland. Okay, that was like a trick question. Before I mean, that. I, I before didn't know that. if I could get you like on the spot. I can go before that, that, though. It was uh, Kepka 2018-2019 PGA. Okay, go one more. Oh. <sighs> Paul Casey. Paul Casey at Velspar, wasn't it? I think it was Casey at yeah. Velspar. Oh, very good. Give me Paul Casey then. There we go. <laughs> Paul Casey. Uh, pretty decent field here, KP. Uh, we've got Brooksy in the field. This is a mute. Oh, here's a good trivia question. It's a municipal course. You want to guess what the greens fee is on a weekend? So this is prime, prime rate, weekend rate to play Memorial Park. For a resident or? Uh, probably. Wow, you don't even know your own questions. Uh, but I got it off the off the city website, so I'm assuming yes. I think I read that it was like 80 bucks or something like that. $38. Wow. wow. Maybe I'm thinking of, uh, is Tory like 70 or 80? Yeah, Tory used to be, so it used to be 60 for the north uh, and I think 100 for the south. And now okay. it might be like 80 and 110 or something okay. like that. Okay. 38. That's like, that's crazy. Mark, you're over 50 now. It's like 15 oh, bucks for seniors. Like $15. <laughs> and is there a twilight right over the top of that too? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there is. Yeah, that's the weekend. Right. Um, I, I like this, Greg. I like going to municipal courses. I think that it this, this to me is actually like a grow the game initiative because there are a lot of people who want to play the same courses as the pros do, and uh, they most often cannot. But being able to go to these places, especially if you're a local and even not even a non-resident rate, probably much more feasible than you trying to get on a private court. This to me is one of the better grow your grow the game initiatives that golf can do. Yes. It has to be the right course though. Um, it, because again, you can't compromise the product. And when you're able to combine and there are, are few that, that can do this, but Tory Pines does it. Uh, this one did it last year for sure. Beth page black does it as well, where you are able to test the PGA tour players, the best players in the world, uh, a Dustin Johnson, a Carlos Ortiz, a Deki Matsuyama, Brooks Kepka, these guys that were all in the mix last year, and the winning score is 13 under. And they were, uh, they were really, really tested. And that goes a long way. And it really helps. Now we get the benefit of um, kind of the best of both worlds there where we can experience a, a great event. And at the same time, if you're from the Houston area or traveling to Houston, you have the opportunity to go play. And there may not be a better option. So I agree with you, Rick. Uh, a test is a good word for that. And KP, there were only four other non-major venues that played more difficult uh, than Memorial Park did last year. There were eight total courses, or sorry, seven courses that were harder. This is, it's not going to be a rollover birdie fest like we've kind of seen in the last couple of weeks. No, it's not. Uh, you know, I hope it's I hope it's playing firm. You know, it was pretty firm last year, and it's a course where 
you know, the greens are big. I think I saw on rickrungood.com, it's like uh, average of, of uh, 7,000. Is that right? That's right. Square feet? Square feet. Um, which is about double what like Pebble is for, for reference sake. But, you know, I, I saw some guys talking about how like they're big, but if you miss, you are like, it's not good. You're, you can be in some really bad spots. And even though they're big, like the actual landing area can be really small depending on where they put the pin. So I think if the wind blows, it, it's, it's actually like a really kind of fun, tough course. And I think that's why you saw last year a Brooks Kepka play well there. You know, I, I think that he thrives and it's not a coincidence that, you know, he helped design a, what I think is a, is a pretty tough course, even, uh, for these guys, I, I think he thrives at, at places like that because he he can he can be disciplined like he talks about and and uh, hit shots that uh, are are safer like he does at major championships. So I think that that to me is exciting because that's not uh, what you normally see at courses at this time of year. Couple things uh, to build on what Kyle observed about the course because I was on the call for PGA Tour Live last year. The greens are big, but they're broken down into quadrants with different shelves and stuff. And so they sort of play smaller than what they are. But the, to me, the big defense of the golf course, there's some brawny par fours, but the Bermuda rough that is somewhat dormant right now, it's not going to wear you out. I mean, you can advance the golf ball, but guessing how the golf ball comes out there, you could get some jets that go forever and some balls that sort of roll over and die at the top of their trajectory. So the whole thing is about, you know, trying to avoid the rough if you can. And if you are in the rough, judging the lies, because playing from Bermuda is really, really difficult, especially if it's dormant. So it's a good test all around. I was impressed when I saw it last year. They are off and running at 6.40 a.m. And Greg, I'm going to get to your best bet. We're going to move into that, but I thought you might like this. Very first tee time of the day, 6.40 a.m. off the first tee. Listen to these three team no-putters. Russell Henley. Jason Duffner, Kyle Stanley, the ball striking nice. show that will take place out of the first group wow. of the day. That is that is a strong group of team no putters. <laughs> um, good thing, good thing they have daylight savings though, right, Kyle? The six forty start. I was just thinking that. Otherwise, you'd have to wait until like you know seven seven fifty to get them out on the course. Right. So look, I, I guess this is a a benefit in our game. But um, what do you want to you want to go to best bet? Yeah, here? So here we go. This is our best bet. This is where we take over uh, the entire site at Caesar Sportsbook. We scour every single corner, every square inch, and we come back with what we think the best bet is going to be. And Greg, you have gone for a three ball, my friend. I've gone for a three ball and it involves the PGA Tour consultant for the golf course, along with Tom Doak, Brooks Kepka. I have Brooks Kepka over Tyrrell Hatton and Taylor Gooch, who, uh, and it's at plus 180, which I, I think are, are pretty good odds on that. I do like Taylor Gooch this week. I expect him to play well. I, I, he is the guy that I'm threatened by most in this, but I'm expecting a really good week from Kepka, and I promise there will be more on that later. I, I only saw Kepka in the outline. I thought it might have been Chase Kepka. Over Terrell Hatton and no, Taylor Gooch. Is he, is, he is in the field this week. Just to clarify, Brooks is the bet here for Greg KP. Let's go to you because actually I called up coach. I got his best bet and it is in the same, it's the same exact bet that you've made, which one, I'd like your feelings on. And two, I'd like to learn what it is. 
Well, I don't feel great about it. I got Matthew Wolf over. Uh, <laughs> I got Matthew Wolf over over Tony Finau, and I mean both guys have been hitting the ball really well. Finau, uh, Finau's got two, I think, actually t forty fives in a row. Uh, hadn't been putting very well. The thing that encouraged me about Wolf is so he finished what second at Shriners or t- was it T two behind Sungjae? Yeah. And then fifth at Mayakoba. And the Mayakoba one was interesting because obviously driver's his best club, and it wasn't a place where he could hit it a ton. And and yet he still played really well, and he still thrived. And I think that we don't have strokes gain numbers from there, but if we did, I would imagine that his iron play was pretty pretty strong. And that I think that translate into this week translates into this week, and you get to add driver on top of that. So I don't know. I don't. I'm not like. I don't love walking in coach's footsteps, but uh, I did like, I kind of like the number over Fino. I love that we just uh, behind coaches back every single week. Uh, tell him how bad his would, picks are. I He's would, never here to defend record, himself. I would say that if he was on here. <laughs> sure, so. We do say it to his face as well. So I think we can get, we can get away yeah, with it. I, I, I'm, I'm going with Sung JM minus 120 over Cam Smith. I scoured the data. Uh, Cam Smith has not historically been good on some of these longer par 70s. He's usually better in tough conditions, but not when it gets overly long. I'm going to go with Sung JM there. And Mark, you are uh, taking a fade against someone that Greg took a fade against. You have which golfer over Terrell Hatton? I've got Aaron Wise over Tyrrell Hatton, and I'll be honest with you, I used Hatton here last year in one and done, and he finished inside the top 10 because he is a really reliable ball striker and he hits good irons, and so it's the kind of place where he could sort of hit that leaky fade that he does and still play well. But Aaron Wise is, you know, he's long, he's clearly playing with a lot of confidence right now with a, a number of top 10s and no miscuts in four starts this fall, so I'm sort of going with a hot hand, you know, I'm... I'm you never know when fatigue will set in, but he's young, he's fresh, and the confidence is high. So uh, I believe he's played well yeah, in the past. I, don't, I can't remember the number, but I think Wise is a good bet over Hatton this week. To recap, Coach and Kyle are going with Matthew Wolf over Tony Finau. Greg is going with Brooks Kepka over Terrell Hatton and Taylor Gooch, plus 180 there. Mark is going with Aaron Wise over Terrell Hatton, and I'm going with Sung J.M. over Cam Smith, which is a graphic that you're looking at on YouTube right now. Thank you, Producer Jacob. Uh, going to our expert picks, let's start with the sleepers. The coach called in. He says he's going with Terrell Hatton, 33-1. to 1. Greg we talked about this a little bit on Monday. This is someone we've been keeping a very close eye on for the last, I don't know, 14 months or so. Um, and this would be um, this would be Mackenzie Hughes for me. And I'm very interested in Mackenzie Hughes. Now, if you look on rickrongood.com, you see a lot of struggles in the ball striking area um and off the tee and approach and he has a tendency of of losing strokes in that area it's kind of the opposite of kyle stanley where kyle stanley is it's a christmas tree but it's it's green on the left hand side the ball striking side and it's red on the right hand side (laughs) well it's the opposite it's the opposite for Mackenzie hughes i think short game is really important at this venue Uh, you mentioned the length you mentioned the scores that it's not quite that birdie fest. If it does become a birdie fest, if it gets soft, then I, I don't like Mackenzie Hughes. Part of the reason why he's a sleeper. So I'm hoping for some tougher conditions as well, because players are going to miss some of these bigger greens when they miss fairways and when the winds blow in. And a, a Tom Doak green 
can be large and hard to hit at the same time. So um, th this is why I believe he had a, a really nice finish last year. He was tied seventh here last year and he did hit the ball well, but he really, he gained, he gained a lot in the short game. He gained a lot putting and, um, and a lot around the greens. And he's been doing that fairly consistently throughout the entirety of the year. And then you add to it his recent form where you have a, um, a tied 27th at the Northern Trust, then 52nd at the BMW. But then this season, tied 35th, tied 25th, and tied 4th at the Zozo. So I, I look for him to continue the trend and perform well on a tough course. If you combined Mackenzie Hughes and Kyle Stanley into one player, they'd be the best player on planet Earth. I'd like to, I'd like to see that a little bit. Uh, KP, your sleeper has made his way onto my card as well, but not as my sleeper. I'm very excited about this golfer, and I imagine this might be music to Mark's ears as well. Who is it? Russell Henley. Bang! Uh, second, he's actually third in the field in ball striking in his last 20 rounds, but the guy in first, who is Brooks Kepka's brother, Chase, only has two measured rounds. So Russell's really second behind Mito. Uh, who did not play well, missed the cut last week at Mayakoba. Uh, Russell has been playing well, and he's been putting a lot worse than he normally does. I think there's going to be a, a correction there. He's just, I mean, he's hitting the ball great. He didn't he didn't score that well at Mayakoba, but I think that on a course like this, where iron play is so important and you got to hit some, you got to hit some like spots on these greens with his irons, I, I think he's going to thrive. Mark, go knock on his door and ask him how he's feeling this week. We'll wait until you get back. <laughs> I hadn't seen him around. Yeah, um, I think we, we caught him here recently. Maybe he was playing out in Vegas and seemed like he was in good spirits. Yeah, he he has made my card as well. But Mark, you're going uh, you're going much deeper than everybody else in the sleeper category. You're going to 150 to one for your sleeper. Yeah, I have, and I've got to be honest. Um, I considered Russ uh, because. Henley, that is, because when I did talk to him about it, uh, he said he just loves going to Houston. There's something about the place he loves. He loves it out there, and used to love it more when we were at uh, Redstone. But you know, <laughs> he's, he's finding his he's finding his way down there at Memorial Park. I'm going with another Georgia Bulldog, and this is an, a, a continuation, Rick, of our conversations with him in Vegas at the uh, CJ Cup. Uh, Hudson Swafford is just. Uh, he is, he's got a little something about him right now. The guy's driving it awesome. The short game is still bad. And, and, uh, and I don't typically go with guys that don't, you know, have great skills around the greens. But the thing about this golf course, you can hit a lot of long drives, a lot of greens and stuff, and make a lot of pars. You don't have to wear the thing out. And so if you just stack off the odd birdie, and he's long enough to get to the, some of these fives, you know, you can stack up four seventies and very much be in the mix. And he's the last 12 rounds he's played, um, no miscuts. Everything's been in the 60s bar two rounds. So I feel like there's a little traction there. And he seemed quietly confident when you and I talked to him and played really well there in Vegas for a little bit. So I'm going with Swafford this week. Hudson Swafford for Mark. That's 150 to 1 over at Caesar Sportsbook. I'll back mine up here. I'm going with Jason Kokrak. He has not been good recently, but this on paper should be a really good spot for him. And I was foreshadowing earlier uh, Henley making my card. I had him to finish inside the top 10 plus 425 for Russell Henley to find himself inside the top 10 this week. So he makes my card as well. Greg, let's go back to you for your top 10, please. My top 10 is a guy I, I felt a little better about this um, before 
you were talking, Rick, but before it's just, Cam Smith. Before I just gave um, a little neg- negative nugget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little negative nugget. The oh, long list is giving him a little struggle, but I can answer to it. Okay, so Cam Smith, in his last eight events, which spans back to the U.S. Open, has finished inside the top 34 in every event, and he has four top 10s, including his last start at the CJ Cup. Uh, and and in that span, the ball striking has been has been really quite good. He's only lost if you combine off the tee and approaching the green. He's only lost strokes there once. So I, I look at, at that as a, a really big benefit. And then you so he's a, a guy that's hitting the ball nicely, but his real fingerprint, his real DNA is in the short game, and his around the green play and his putting is elite. And so I really like that combination. As for the distance and some maybe some struggles on longer par 70 venues, I, I'm hoping that it plays fast and it shortens the golf course a little bit. And and in that case, he can really lean on, on the short game and putt in a little bit more. So I'm thinking Cam Smith, top 10 this week. If he does it, it'll be worth two and a half times your money. We called Coach. He said he's going with Lonto Griffin, plus 450 to finish inside the top 10. He's won this event before, not at this golf course, and he's playing much better, a couple of top seven finishes in his last two starts. But, Kyle, uh, we are all ears, brother, because you are about to tell us about um, probably my favorite player in the field right now. Yeah, Sammy B, the favorite, Sam Burns. Is he a star? Is Sam Burns a star? He will be. I think he, I think he's like, I think he might be. I I think so. I think he is. He's, he's the, he's the modern player. Strong, gets it far, putts well, great, great approach player. He is a ceiling guy. You get a lot of volatility with him. That's good for winning. He's been knocking at the door a lot. He just got like, it's, it's happening. He's He's, this is the year of Sam Burns. Data golf has him as the 12th ranked player in the world right now, which is I mean, it's kind of what the numbers say. And I think that um, I think what's interesting about him, and we've talked about this, I think, a little bit before, is he went from being really long off the tee to still pretty long, um, above average, certainly. But he's he's really uh, playing a more controlled game right now. And that seemed to have helped his his iron play. I mean, his iron play has gone from average to like really good over the last i don't know year or two you probably know those numbers better than i do rick but he like i have a lot of excitement around him going into to 2022 i i really think that his and he might not win you know john rom only won what once this year it's that that stuff is just so so much luck but I think he is ready to be like, uh, hey, this guy's one of the one of the ten favorites this week in fields like Riviera, like the Players Championship, stuff like that. He is nearly a full stroke, closer to three quarters of a stroke on approach, better since the start of last season than the rest of his career. That is a massive improvement. That doesn't that doesn't happen. It never happens. I think Max Homa kind of did it, but he his was more so because he was bad and he went to being like. A little bit above average. Um, Burns was okay, and he went to being great. Last twenty-four rounds, Sam, uh, Sam Burns second to only John Rahm in strokes gained total. John Rahm not in this field. Uh, also, Bermuda Burns. This is by far his best putting surface in his last five starts on Bermuda. He's won two of them. And if you want course history, his only trip to Memorial Park, T seven. He, so, he was leading off to two rounds. All signs point to mm-hmm. Sam. Burns, Mark, your top 10 
Uh, if it comes in, it'll be at plus 210, and it's someone who played well last week. I want to put a bow on the Sam Burns iron game thing. Look, he's, he's not short by any stretch of the imagination or not shorter, but I think Travis Perkins on the bag has been a huge addition because just the numbers, the the, the way he speaks to Sam, the, 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 the way he galvanizes Sam's belief, and that has got such a, such a big influence in the free swinging of it all because he's, Sam's always had that sort of a thing, you know, playing under David Tum's count, uh, uh, counsel. But Travis Perkins has made a big deal. But anyway, um, you know, he's super exciting to me this week too. But I'm going with someone I considered for a long while. This is for my top 10 and for one and done. And that's Scotty Scheffler. I think uh, he's got a, he's a champion in waiting. And nothing would be more appropriate than to finish out what's been a real solid year in his home state on a golf course that sort of fits his game a little bit. You know, a lot of the courses there in Dallas, they they Bermuda all over the place. He's comfortable on the surface. He's playing well, played well last week. Sort of fumbled it toward the end. So maybe there's that little chip on the shoulder coming in yet to his home state. So I think Scheffler is a contender this week. Top 10 recap. I'm going with Russell Henley, plus 425. Mark's going with Scotty Scheffler, plus 210. Kyle with Sam Burns at plus 170. Greg went with Cam Smith, plus 250. And Lonto Griffin for the coach at plus 450. Coach went with for his winner. Ooh. 33 to 1. There's a lot of guys in that 30 to 35 range this week. He went with Matthew Wolf. 33 to 1 for the coach. Greg. Oh. Oh boy. You are you're in on this guy. Who Yeah. You we talked about this a little bit yesterday and I was on the fence and I've fallen <laughs> to the side of victory. Um, and it's Brooks, <laughs> not Chase, but Brooks Kepka. Brooks and Kepka, got it. So Brooks, there's a few interesting things. One, he did play really well last year, tied fifth last year. Um, Kyle mentioned the difficulty of the course and how that benefits a guy like Brooks Kepka. Distance is an important factor this week, I do believe. Uh, it can certainly be an asset. I think there will be a, a mix. I don't think everybody on the leaderboard is going to be long. Um, see Mackenzie Hughes and Cam Smith, who will be there. But Brooks Kepka um, has gained off the tee in every event since the Masters when he was hurt, um, despite the injury. And he's gained approaching the green in all of those but, but four. So his ball striking has been phenomenal. And combining ball striking and, and uh, approaching the green, he's gained in all but one. So his... His tee to green play has been phenomenal. And the other thing that I really like is he all of a sudden has morphed into a range rat. I'm not sure where that came from, but he's practicing. So he's told us that he's putting he's putting some work in. And the miscut last week, I think, will steer a lot of people away. Um, it definitely helps the number. It helps his DraftKings price. It helps on all those areas. But at, at the same time, this guy, when he gets ready for an event, can do it very quickly. It's what we see at major championships time after time. He gets himself ready in a week. He goes and plays a week, and then the next week's a major, and he plays great. He played last week, didn't go great. I think he shook some rust off. I expect a, a really nice finish out of him, and he has also performed well in the fall before. Um, he won the CJ Cup in the fall. That's the first one that comes to my mind, and I think he might add the Hewlett-Packard Enterprises Houston Open to the list. Wow. Um, gentlemen, a couple of nuggets here. 
Chase Kepka. Guess his odds. Guess his outright odds this week. Brooks is 28 to 1. 250. Not bad. 280. Keep going. Go ahead, Mark. 350. 500 to 1. Wow. Uh, the last three times that Brooks and Chase have played in the same tournament together, Chase, Chase beat him. Has beat, time, right? <laughs> he's beaten him two of the last three. And the one that he didn't beat them, they both missed the cut, which some books would wash that and, and just push it. Uh, so you might be 2-0-1 if you've bet Chase over Brooks the last three times they played the same event. That ain't happening again. Is that a is that no. a uh, is that a matchup? Can you get that? Uh, it is not currently available. Um, we got to get our friends at Caesar. It's all a simple calculation. They should let you put anybody against anyone. But I, I we yeah. got to get them to put up a Chase versus a Chase versus Brooks matchup. I'm with Greg. I think that I think that this. I think who knows with Kepka. I, I never know what he's thinking or whatever, but. I think this course like engages his mind in a way that maybe other courses don't. So I, I think he's going to play well. That's Brooks, not Chase, by the way. <laughs> Matthew Wolf for Coach Brooks for Greg. Uh, KP will stay here with you. Uh, this is a stretch of golf for your winner. Arguably one of the better players uh, this season in four starts, no worse than a T11 finish. Yeah, and it's, it's been the best golf of his career, I think. Uh, Taylor Gooch, four straight top 11s, uh, was in it last week until he kind of, what, he was in the final pairing? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and just didn't didn't play on the final round. But talk about good iron play. He's been just, he's been awesome with his irons. And, he, you know, I think there's a little concern off the tee just because, he hasn't been great there, but he's been playing such solid golf and it's what 30 to one, 33 to one, I think. Um, so yeah, I like him. I like him a ton this week. Two straight uh, OSU really... wins, Hovland and Gooch. Ooh. Yeah. There was a, um, all Oklahoma state like DraftKings lineup that probably would have won all the money last week. Cause you could have had Victor Gooch Wolf. Uh, I think you would have had to go to Charles Howell and Alex Norin. Or maybe Kevin Tway, one of them. All oh, they all made the cut, but like an all Oklahoma State lineup would have made you like a lot of money last week. Yeah, there you sweet. Go. I love it. I'm I'm going with a different thirty to one player. I'm going with Aaron Wise. I'm saving Sam Burns for just a few more minutes, and I'm not going to miss out on when Aaron Wise actually cashes this in and wins a golf tournament, which leaves you, Mark, for your winner. Please. What did you call him? Bermuda Sam. Yeah, Bermuda Burns. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the favorites. There's, he's undeniable right now. Um, you know, had the victory, had a couple of victories, then was a factor in Vegas, and really played pretty solid and just had a few putts that didn't rim down. I caught up with his uh, sports psychologist just recently and said, man, he's got the nose to the grindstone and been working hard, feels good about the game, and he's going to a place that's just down the road from where he lives, and he's comfortable on the grass. So uh, Sam Burns. Hold that Sam Burns thought for just one second. We're going to move on to our one and done. We're going to work our way up from the bottom as we do each and every week. See in Ajad, uh, 394,000. He would love 934,000. 394,000. He's seen enough. He's going with Sam Burns to try to get himself back into this. KP, 527,000. You are 1.4 million behind Greg. We, we, need, we need something from you here, brother. 
I yeah, it's not. It's this is tough to look at. I mean, I, do we have to put this up here, producer Jacob? Do we have to look at this? Uh, I'm yeah. going with I'm going with Gooch. Uh, I'm not going to use him at any other point this season. Somebody like Burns, I actually might use at like a. You know, it's it's a little bit the Zalatoris thing from last fall. You're like, ah, I might use him at like, you know, something like Wells Fargo or, or Riviera or something like that. So I'm going to ride Gooch this week. I didn't think anybody else would play him. Nobody else did. And I need I need something that nobody else has. That was yeah, that was my only concern about Burns is am I going to miss out somewhere else? But I thought, you know what? He's playing well now. Weird stuff happens when these guys take five weeks off and then everybody starts coming back in January. And I like, I'm very bullish on him, but I, there's like the 2% of me that was like, what if this is, what if this is not real and this ends here? So I used him. I mean, that's a good, it's it's a a good pick. Uh, Greg. 1.9 1.9 million. You are, I can't believe I'm saying this, nipping at the heels of coach. 1.98 <laughs> is what coach has. You have 1.93, and you are coming off a week in which you got 109,800 from Aaron Wise. Who would you like for this week? I need a solid week again, but I'm still, although Mark is, um, and all you have to do is ask him about it. He's putting pressure on everybody else. <laughs> you so don't I, even I, have to ask him about it. He'll yeah, just he'll yeah, tell you. Right. Just go on Twitter. Um, but uh, despite the pressure, I'm trying to stay true to my strategy here. I'm going to go with Russ, Russell Henley. Uh, there were a lot of reasons mentioned earlier. Uh, and, and the recent form has been really good with Henry Henley. The thing about last week, it, you'll see a tied 56 finish. But he shot 76 in the third round. And I, I look at that as an anomaly for a guy that's hitting the ball as well as he is. I also I, I look at the putt in for Henley, and I think it's a hinge point. He doesn't he doesn't lose strokes the way he has very often in his career. He's lost strokes in three events in a row, a couple of on a couple of occasions, but he usually bounces back. And I'm in need of a bounce back this week, and I, I think it's going to happen. So I'm trusting the ball striking of of Russ, and um, and and I think he's going to put together a, a great week and help me catch Mark Immelman. Dude, I really? I don't. <laughs> you need the players' championship, help, and then some. Help me! Help me! I'm just skipping away. <laughs> uh, Coach is in fourth, 1.9 million. He's doubling down. He's going with Matthew Wolf. Jacob, a very solid third. Come in here, sir. Jacob yeah. is at 2.3 million, and I, I tip my cap to you for that. Who would you like to pick this week? Uh, we're gonna go with Scotty Scheffler. I, I honestly thought. At least one other person would pick him. So I guess Mark Mark tipped his hand saying that he was uh, deciding between Scheffler and his ultimate pick here. So I mean, look, let's just take a walk down narrative street and let's see let's see Scotty Scheffler win the Hewlett Packard Enterprise Houston Open. Great start well to the year, Jacob. He How almost won Jacob, the uh, he almost won the Dell match play. So this would be like a computer versus computer. Wow. I didn't even think of that. That's a yeah, that's the the B2B double. So yeah. I huge how has it been jacob with us submitting our our picks into a google form have we all been on our best behavior everyone has been doing so well with that uh haven't had to track anyone down uh it's been it's been great and coaches in the middle of the pack so he can't complain if he's at the bottom uh but also he's not at the top so you know we can't accuse him of rigging it so i think we are we're in a great equilibrium right now as we start to head into 
head into the offseason. As somebody who is just not doing well this season, I would like to say that the system is way better. It's so good. It's I so, thought you were just broken. The system Me too. Yeah, I know. That's the that's the path I was trying to lead you down, and then I then I flipped it on you. It's been well, great. I think it's I think it's excellent. I think so, it's gonna be fun whenever we get janky and like I think we assign arbitrary money to the, like uh, to the Hero World Challenge. Yeah, <laughs> QBE shootout. How, however you know, much it, we're behind Mark, that's how much we're gonna add to the prize purse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to we need to add in you know sort of bonus system for you know what you can get for the QBE shootout or uh, the father son. Are they they still doing that? You know. Yeah, we'll, the PNC. We could also do like our own little pip uh, where we assign money based on Twitter engagements and that goes into the one and done pool. <laughs> oh, I like that. I'll get with coach on that, but I think, I think he would find a way to rig that. Uh, he's got a lot of followers that might be good for him. Uh, Jacob is going with Scotty Scheffler. I'm at 2.3 million, just a hair above Jacob. I'm going with Sam Burns and Mark, you're at 4.2 million. I will not be making up any ground on you this week. We will be in tow with Mr. Sam Burns. Just so we're clear, because um, some of us have only just figured out the YouTube and these sorts of things on the internet, and 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 this Google document you send your one and done picks on, I text mine to Jacob, so Jacob knows exactly who I'm going with. Ah, yeah, yeah, so he knows who it's I'm going with. You're outside the rig. Disqualified. It's rig. I think Jacob should be disqualified. So. This is crooked, Jacob. This is crooked. It only puts Mark at the disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say it. So I texted him to, earlier today. I'm like, Hatton, Scheffler, I'm between them and Sam Burns. In the end, I went with Burns for the same reasons you did, Rick. Um, it's, he's playing well. He may, may as well strike while the iron is hot. There's some, in, there's some enterprising spots for him next year. But these guys, when they're playing well, you've got to take advantage. And, uh, man, his confidence must be soaring right now. I submit mine at the same exact time throughout the day as you guys do i have a i don't like these side dealings but if you already have if you already have information that nobody else has this is not well it's kind of well, on mark right? i mean mark well, sent one in today he, he sent in one yeah i did i actually did i found it <laughs> and, I, and i did it it was an event there were the celebrations way, in my house comfortable with your leader. hey congratulations on figuring out email in 2021 yeah, I was gonna say, just to be clear the event that mark figured out was opening his email and typing in a golfer's name and clicking send that's okay. what he figured out, out do, of you to, do you want to see how many emails i got oh, there you go one of those. That's, that's horrific that is, Send me an that email. Is... i'll never get it 38 i'm on 38 right now you yeah, want to come check mine for me? Oh, man. Got to get the autofocus fixed. Um, to recap, Sia Dejad, Sam Burns, Kyle Porter, Taylor Gooch, Greg Ducharme, Russell Henley, the coach, Matthew Wolf. Jacob's going with Scotty Scheffler. Mark and I are going with Sam Burns. Next week is RSM. The ben, end. Kind ben of. Bryson Brooks. Oh, I forgot. Hero World Challenge. Then QBE. Then Maui. Is that right? Sounds right. It's pretty Sounds good. Yeah. That's off the top of your head. That's impressive. Thank you. It is. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Mega preview pod for this week's Houston Open. Did anybody sign up for Twitter Blue? No, but I have 15 emails in my inbox. I did. <laughs> How is it, Jacob? Uh, it's 
completely not at all different from the normal Twitter experience. I will be canceling it immediately. You can change your icon on the uh, on the phone, oh. like if that if that matters to you. Uh, but that's that's just weird. give me like literally. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you any amount of money that you want. Just give me an edit button. Like it, I will. An, I, it has that button. It's a fake edit button. It's, it's not real. There's no difference between just like deleting the tweet and then sending it back out like 30 seconds later. Why don't they just have it an edit button, but say this tweet has been edited and then you can click to see what the original version said. It's so easy. It's a trillion dollar idea. Right. (laughs) Right. Because that's the reason why you wouldn't have an edit button in the first place is because then you can get a tweet to go viral and then you change what it says so you get people reacting to the wrong thing, which yeah, makes I would I would tweet give the option for what the original tweet said. I think you're fine. I would tweet Sam Burns is going to win the Houston Open, and then on Sunday I would edit it to whoever wins and be like, "Look, I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm brilliant." So you'd have to be able to show the original version. Hmm. Anything else? Which technically, technically, you can by using the Wayback Machine. Does that work for Twitter? Yeah. Does Space Jam still have the original website? Do you guys know about this? Space Jam, like, still as of like six months ago, still had the original, like, 1990. Here we go. Jacob's got it on his screen. There it is. Still the original website from whatever year. Does it say what year? 1996. That's sweet. This is, no, they had the internet then. It's like Internet 2.0. It's barely <laughs> the internet. Planet B ball. This is sick. Oh wow. my look at gosh. This. Look at this red. Look at that red font on that black. Oh, starry yeah. Background. The, look at the spinning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That got that, my attention. James. Who, yeah. who did that work? High Probably, quality. We don't know. Uh, we don't have time to get into this, but if you ever just want a rabbit hole to go down, just look up Time Cube. Just, just go down that Wikipedia article. I. We can't do it right now. It's a conspiracy theory <laughs> that that time is not actually linear. It's a cube. Oh God, Jacob. Okay. Oh um, my gosh. Okay. Anything, go. anything else before okay. we get out of here that will no. not be time cube related? <laughs> yes. Next week, I will be listening to you guys on this podcast from in the wild of South Africa. So I'll be down how, in the bush. How long is how long is that trip, Mark? Uh, from Atlanta to Johannesburg direct. It's about 16 and a half hours and then a little layover and then another hour to where we go. So all in all, in I'd say about 24 hours total. Wow. But well, is there, not bad. Is there daylight savings time in the time cube trigger? <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> just run down the Wikipedia. I can't. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's Mega Preview Pod. Mark, safe travels. Uh, You can find Mark Immelman on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. That right there. Greg Ducharme. You can find him at The Real GFD. Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 